edition of Triple Threat brought to you by Stickler and Dryer Law Firm. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined by Chance Sticklin, Cole Tusing, and this week's special guest, Jerry Hopkins. Jerry, how you doing? Good. Uh, this has been pretty boring these last like three weeks. So hopping on a podcast with you guys again, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's back. Nice to be back. Where are you, where are you, uh, where are you calling in from, Jerry? Calling in from Brookfield, Illinois. So six hours away from Como, second home now. Yeah, there you go. Chance, how you doing? Hey, you know, I'm hanging in there day by day. It feels like, you know, we've only been in, we've been in quarantine for about a month now, but it feels like five or six years uh, because it's turning into really the same thing for me. I've been walking the dog in the morning. I've been working out in the afternoon. And then on a Monday, mid-afternoon we're recording our podcast so it's it's fine it's good to be with family um because these are moments that you know we all like to have and we all won't have someday uh when we're on our own we have jobs um and we're in the real world but for now yeah hanging out with family is nice um the weather's been really kind of on and off today it's only 40 but like last tuesday wednesday it was it was topping out near 85 so it's been kind of hit or miss uh, but i know for two of us here in the podcast this afternoon you guys are used to those cold temperatures so let's send it over to the other Chicago native Cole Tusing what's going on just like last week calling in from Chicago and just like Gerald put out that basically Chicago is basically my second home because Columbia of course is my first home practically um yeah definitely a lot of news that came out with sports the NFL draft of course is coming next week so there's a lot of news there of who is going to go first, where is Tua going to land, where is guys like Jordan Love, who I know is going to be – is compared to Patrick Mahomes, which I personally don't agree with that comparison. We can talk about that later. So there's a lot of sports news, even though yeah. sports hasn't resumed, even though there was that horse NBA challenge, which I know a lot of people hated. I didn't watch the, the horse challenge. Was it, was it bad? Horse so, from what I know, the NBA Horse Challenge was people recording shots off their phone and then ESPN streaming it. Oh, that's that sounds kind of dumb. Yeah, it was not good. Not good at all. I know the uh, the 2K tournament went over pretty well. Um, the funny thing about the whole deal is we were watching it last night at the dinner table. We had it on mute, but it is noticeably – uh, very awkward when some players have good phone connection and some players have awful phone connection because the way the video comes into ESPN is really, really interesting. We were watching, oh, I can't even think of who it was last night. It might have been Chris Paul uh, playing whoever he was. I don't even, don't even know who he was playing. I had briefly glanced over it. But his connection was good. But then like five or six minutes later, the second person, his competitor's phone connection was just bad. And I think it's a good idea because it gives some, it gives people something to watch uh, in the middle of, you know, really nothing going on. Um, you know, hey, this is what I say to professional sports and, you know, everybody who's making that happen. They're trying to make something happen so that people can stay inside, people can watch something uh, in these crazy times. And, you know, at the moment, you know, I feel like every sporting event that has come up, whether it's horse racing, whether it's auto racing, whether it's baseball, basketball, you name it, everything's just getting canceled or it's getting pushed back. 
And so to have something as cheesy as a horse basketball tournament on TV, people like that. Well, and I like um, – one of the things I've really enjoyed is a lot of leagues are, you know, going with virtual games. So, like, NASCAR is doing iRacing. Um, obviously, you have the 2K tournament for the NBA. We've had – you know, we've, have, have, we've had an MLB The Show tournament for MLB already. I mean, it's going to video games, which, you know, as, as a gamer myself, I've taken a lot of – you know, it's given me a lot of happiness – um, but of course there, there is, you know, there are things happening in the world of sports. It's not like, you know, nothing's going on. Um, so let's get into this. Let's get into what we've gotten. Um, and the first thing I want to start off with, um, before we get into NFL draft, which is, you know, what's to come, let's start off talking about new NFL uniforms. Uh, I, I am definitely a big fan of uniform watch and figuring out, you know, new typefaces and new logos and color schemes and whatever. And we've gotten a couple over the past couple days. So let's just kind of run through, give some opinions. Obviously kind of hard with podcasting being, you know, an audio medium. We can't really show you these, but feel free to Google and follow along so you know what we're talking about. Let's start with, in my opinion, the big one. And that is the Los Angeles Rams. Because they put out a logo that that, that might be being generous. Um, obviously, the Rams and the Chargers both moving to SoFi Stadium, um, presumably this upcoming season, um, though that might be delayed because of COVID-19. Um, yet to be seen, yet to be said. Um, but to coincide with the move, they've unveil the whole new logo scheme so jerry since you're our guest i'm sure you've seen the rams i have stuff. what what do you think i uh, i find it really funny that they made a brand new rams logo and they made the stadium around the old rams logo so that's gonna be fun to like look at every week um the uniform itself isn't i think horrible blue and gold is always like a good solid move but there wasn't a need for it but they're trying to be, we're new here. We're going to make everything different, but it is what it is. But I don't think it's a great change, but it's not a horrible change. It's like a C. It's the epitome of like a C move. Yep. Here's what I'll say. Um, they are getting the benefit of COVID-19 in that probably a lot of stuff's going to be pushed back, which means I would imagine a lot of the branding, a lot of the painting and things has not yet been applied to the new stadium. So, you know, you mentioned they, they designed the stadium to look like the old logo. Um, remedy that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there's there's advantage of that. The logo is it's, – it's hit or miss with me. It's because there's – I know that there are people out there who work in the branding and who are marketing people and, you know, know this stuff from top to – you know, from – head to toe you know i i think it's uh, and this is just me i think it's a step back in their logo um the colors are similar they're not the same uh but you know i, I have you know this is the thing this is this is how i view sports and i'm crazy to say this but you know i don't really give a you know a crap what your logo looks like if you can perform on the field then it doesn't matter what the haters are saying 
if you can win week in and week out and take your team to championships and win Super Bowls, then why does it matter what your logo looks like? Put a unicorn on the helmet. I don't care. If you can win, then it doesn't matter. And I, I might be the only one crazy enough to say those things, but I just don't think it matters. You know, well, you, can, you can make it whatever you want to. If you win, then people really can't say much about the organization or the team as a whole. The thing is with the Rams, that logo was so iconic. I mean, it had been the same logo since, you know, back when they were in St. Louis and even before that. And it's a big marketing thing as well. I mean, you, you need you need to move product, right? You know, the winning championships is not just about, you know, putting a good team on the field. You also got to get in the marketing money. And people aren't going to buy something that looks like Garbo. Cole, your opinion on the Rams. <laughs> It's a big miss for me with the logo, as you guys have mentioned before. The lo- the old logo was totally fine. Of course, the old logos were historic for the Rams. And if you take a look at it, I know, Kyle, you just mentioned how they just moved to Los Angeles. They took a combination of the Los Angeles Chargers logo and the Kent State Eagles logo and then combined them together. And yep. Yep. there was I no can, need for that. I can see that. Now that you're saying I definitely see Kent State in this logo. I'll tell you one thing. I like their secondary logo more than I like their primary. So their primary is going to be the LA with the horn coming off the side of the A. I like the secondary logo, which is just a standard Rams head. I think it looks better. I think it looks classier. I think it looks clean. But the LA is not good at all. So had had they just decided... We're not doing this LA, you know, letter logo. We're just doing the Ram head. I would have been so down for it, you know? Like, and I feel like that's the one that's actually going to wind up selling more because it looks good. So, all the, so, so sorry to, you know, get on top of you there, but I just, it made me think of something. So, cause we have two Chicago kids here on the podcast. So if you take the bears logo, and you take the University of Chicago's logo, you cannot tell me that they are the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same C. One's a different color than the other, though. Right? Yeah. I'm sort of on the right path, right? But Chance, then you also have the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, that's just – I know. A, I know all, yeah. It's, it's a common athletic C. Um, yeah. From the, then you have Green Bay Packers and the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. These, it's, I think it's funny how different teams have not the same exact logo color, but for the design purposes, it's mostly the same. I, th- I just think it's kind of funny and kind of cool. And I said the Chicago example because they're in the same city. And so I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, but And then another one that has changed, uh, and that I think it came out today, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Indianapolis Colts yes. have decided to – go down a, uh, a bit of a different road, too. Um, what do you guys think of the, uh, the, the horseshoe? Well, so here's the deal with, the, with, with everything. The Colts are keeping their iconic horseshoe. That's still the primary logo. Nothing's yep. changing there. The things they're changing are their secondary logo, they're changing their word mark, and they're, change, they're expanding their color palette. Um, and so with the secondary logo – you know, when I first saw it, I didn't like it at all. I thought it just looked kind of dumb. Upon second glance, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Um, and here's why. The middle part of the C 
and I didn't realize this the first time I saw it, the middle part of the C is the shape of Indiana. So I, I'm always a big fan of honoring the state you play in. I don't think enough teams do that in their logos. Um, they, they certainly honor the city they play in, but not usually the state. Um, so I definitely like the shape of Indiana in the middle of that C. I, I actually, I like it upon second glance. And then their, uh, their new word mark gone is the kind of wild West Texas saloon that they had. And they've replaced it with a much more kind of beveled source. You know, if, if you go into your, you know, Microsoft word and you click the stadium font, it's more like that. Which I think is a bad move, frankly. I liked the Colts brand. I thought that the kind of Wild West typeface was a big part of their brand. Um, as a Texans fan, I have to hate the Colts as as a team and an organization. That's just, you know, AFC South rivalry and everything. But I'm okay with this one, you know? It feels weird to see Indiana in blue as like watching all the Hoosier stuff for all your life. And then you're like, Oh, this is now blue Indiana like logo. What's going on? Even though it's not like the full Indiana logo. So I, it's just weird to look at because you're just so used to seeing Indiana is just red. So like to see a blue logo, just, it's, it's throwing me, it's throwing me off a bit. Well, here's, here's my deal, Jerry. Did, did you pay attention when Indiana state um, unveiled their new logo a couple months ago? You're, oh, you're talking about the Sycamores, right? Yes. Absolutely. And even with them, it's just like, it's not the same, though. It's just. Well, and here's the deal. This Indiana logo, you know, incorporating the state into the logo, the Sycamores did it like two months ago. Yeah, they did. it just doesn't, it still doesn't feel right. It, it just will, it never will. Indiana is, is Hoosiers, and then Notre Dame just kind of plops in there sometimes. Cole, <laughs> what do you think about the new logo for the Colts, the secondary one? For those who don't know how secondary logos work in the football world, especially in the NFL, I'm going to give a comparison, especially since I'm a Chicago fan. So, of course, the primary logo that is for the Bears is that C, the classic one with the orange. Then the alternate logo is the bear head, the orange, and navy. So that's what the Indiana logo has been for the Colts, so to speak. And I personally like the new branding for the Colts because as we've mentioned before with all this COVID-19 stuff and this social distancing, it allows people to take some time, reflect and reevaluate and so to speak, evolve your new logo and your new branding into the new age, so to speak. Before we send it to break, this is kind of non-sports related. I just want to, for listeners out there who are listening and, you know, different procedures to take. I know Kyle's going to have a different answer than Jerry and Cole will, but I'm going to propose a question to the two Chicago natives real quick. How has social distancing and quarantine, how has that affected your families, positive or negatively? And then how, what lessons do you think you can take from this once this is all over? What lessons are learned uh, through all of this um, as we come out on the other side? Um. I think it's been good for our family. It's forced us to just, we all are, are out. We always are doing something. So to sit down for a couple of weeks and just not have to be somewhere has been kind of interesting. Uh, it's forced us to work together in sense that like, hey, I have homework to do. Like, <laughs> I can't do this right now. I have homework or 
my dad has to teach a class. So there's been a lot of, hey, we have to sit down and get our stuff done, which is something you usually don't do at home. So that's been, I think we've learned a lot about how to be productive while being in the bedroom or being in where we're doing our work in other spots where usually we hadn't had to be that. So I think it's been somewhat positive and I'll take away being able to get stuff done when you don't, where you don't expect it to and how to change in a moment's notice. Like I think a lot of the world's had to due to the pandemic. Yeah, I definitely agree with the positivity and, you know, coming together as a family, so to speak. Um, Obviously I'm going to my final year of college just assuming that this COVID-19 stuff is done once the fall semester rolls around, but my sister just got accepted in a few colleges and she's narrowing down her choices between Michigan, Florida state, Syracuse, um, Ohio state. So just Joseph, just a few choices. So just seeing her on the college process as well closely has been a great thing. I wouldn't have been able to experience if I was back in Columbia. And then Kyle, for you, who's really, and those are great answers. I appreciate the feedback. Kyle, for someone who's been in Columbia and who will be in Columbia, as far as I know, uh, for most of this stuff, how has it maybe affected you being away from family, not being uh, around your folks down in uh, the Texas area? What has it kind of taught you? I mean, I know you have a girlfriend there, uh, which is also super helpful. Um, but what, is it, what has it taught you individually about who you are and how you have really treated this uh, being, being on your own? Well, so, of course, yeah, I mean, my, uh, my fiancé is up here. Fiancé, sorry. Um, yeah, you always get yeah. that so, it's kind of interesting. I apologize. We're, we're, well, we're, we're almost treating it like, you know, like, like a kind of practice, you know, practicing for, for when we're actually, you know, going to be married and everything. So, we're, we're treating it like, you know, like we're living together regularly. Um, so, learning how that works, learning, you know, learning quirks and things like that, uh, things that we – honestly wouldn't have gotten the chance to you know to experience had we been you know back in texas because if i was back in texas and she was back in texas she'd be with her parents i'd be with mine we wouldn't be living together so getting to kind of explore everything everything that goes into that is important um and then goodness i mean zoom has completely you know connected the entire world right so like we'll have weekly calls with my family with you know my grandparents as well my cousins so family i feel has actually gotten a whole lot more connected despite being apart you know yeah no absolutely and with all that being said we are going to head into our first break after the break we will talk about the nfl draft and i know that three of us are eagerly waiting to get out some of our top picks as the draft looks to be virtual and we have a special surprise coming up after the break. You are listening to Triple Threat uh, podcast version uh, brought to you by Stickland and Dryer Law Firm. Here is a part of KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and KCOU Sports. We will be right back. You didn't plan this. It wasn't your fault. Someone else made a mistake, but now you're the one paying for it and your life is forever changed. The attorneys of Stickland and Dryer can help. Whether it was a car, a trucking accident, a dog bite, a fall, their attorneys will not rest until you've been made whole. When sorry just doesn't cut it, call the attorneys of Stickland and Dreyer today and check out their cases at comoinjurylaw.com. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. 
and welcome back to our second week of Triple Threat podcast version here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Cole, Kyle, and our special guest Jerry from Chicago all joining you remotely via Zoom recording while we have a second non-sports related but station related as soon as we get back to campus in the fall. Our very own Triple Threat's very own Kyle Jones from Texas will be the new assistant sports director. So congratulations to him. Very much uh, deserving of the uh, position, Kyle. Well, thanks. You know, it's it's something I've really been passionate about, the station, you know, helping out in our sports department, making everything as great as it can be. So being able to take on a new position, uh, you know, more leadership role, it's, you know, it's it's something that's really important to me. And I can't wait to get started so we'll, uh, we'll go from there yeah no but, uh, let's um let's no, get into some sports talk okay let's... so with the draft coming up here uh i don't know what day, what day is it exactly um so i believe it's the 23rd okay so when it does start, I know it's going to be virtual, and I know all these, you know, uh, coaches and, you know, name what the entire organization, presidents, they're all going to be somewhere in a facility watching it on the big screen, talking to people that this and that way. So I know that you guys all have mock drafts and where players are going, where they, where they might be going, where they might not be going, teams that need help, teams that really don't need help. Um, and some of the bigger names, of course, Joe Burrow out of LSU, Chase Young out of Ohio State, Tua. Tagovailoa from Alabama. So let's start with Cole. I know Cole's been on this uh, over the past couple of days. Cole, what do you have for us as far as your mock draft projection projections? So as you know, I think a lot of people are going to agree with me. I don't think people are going to disagree with my first pick. Joe Burrow out of LSU QB going to the Cincinnati Bengals and then the Redskins are going to take Chase Young, the edge rusher out of Ohio State. And I know a lot of people have the Lions taken Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama with a third pick going to Detroit. I personally disagree with that. I think they're going to take Jeffrey Okadua, the cornerback from Ohio State. And I know a lot of mock drafts have Tua Tagovailoa going third overall, fourth overall, fifth overall. Talent-wise, he does fit in that spectrum. But the question right now, especially with the coronavirus, we don't know how he's going to do in workouts, is his injury history. And I want to read off the injury history for you guys because if you guys don't know, in March 2018, he broke a finger. In October 2018, he sprained his knee. November 2018, he had a quad injury. December 2018, he had an injured left ankle. October 2019, he had another high ankle sprain. And then versus Mississippi State a month later, he had another leg injury, which he was ruled out for the year. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I wonder, you know, I've been wondering this for a while. I mean, obviously, too, is very good. But that injury is, we've seen a lot of guys fall very low because of injury history. I have to wonder, 
because I'll, I'm going to read you my my starting, you know, about three draft picks or so. This is how I think it might go, honestly. Joe Burrow goes number one to the Bengals. I think that's just that's just you know how it's going to be. I think Chase Young goes to the Redskins, and my third pick. I think the Chargers trade up to three and draft Justin Herbert out of Oregon. I could see that. I've seen a lot of I people can... talk about the Lions trading up and the Lions trading down. I think the Chargers trade with the Lions, so the Lions move to six. Still a top ten pick. You're still going to get a great player. But I think that the Chargers select um, Justin Herbert at three, and here's why. Number four, you're gonna get the uh, you're you're gonna get the um, the Giants taking probably I'd say Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, the linebacker. Number five, you're gonna see the Dolphins take Tua. I agree with that. I heavily agree with that. I <laughs> uh, I would love to see Tua under Fitz Magic for a year. So then, if that were to happen, let's let's pause and stop here for a second. That does happen. Chase Young, who's projected to go number two to the Skins, where does that move Washington's pick if Miami goes up to two and takes no, them? My, Miami's not going to. Miami's staying where they are. Miami's, Miami's staying where they're at. Miami stays at six. The only trade you're getting, the only trade you're getting is the Chargers are going to trade with the Lions. They're just going to do a straight swap six for three. Okay, so you're okay, so you're just talking those two. Okay, gotcha. So nothing with two, the it's the third spot. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna make a very bold statement here. Here goes I think, hot, hot take tasting. Here we go. So I hear this comparison a lot where if you're a team in a top five pick, who do you take as the quarterback? Because Joe Burrow is obviously going to be gone by then, number one overall. Do you take Justin Herbert or do you take Tua Tagovailoa? I take Herbert. I personally think Justin Herbert is going to have the better pro career than Tua. He's a safer pick. I like. I think Tua is the, is the potential. It's the potential versus like the somebody who you can trust. Like if it Tula stays healthy for more than a year, he could be deadly. I remember when Tula was in, everyone feared him as the Alabama Alabama quarterback, which like means something because they're arguably the best team in college football almost all the time. Compared to Justin Herbert, who's like he's not hurt, so everyone's kind of like he's the third best quarterback because Tula keeps getting hurt. So it's like I think Tula gives you an opportunity of having that potential. If if he hits, he hits. But it's also a very more hit or miss pick than Justin Herbert. He's gonna be pretty solid from day day one to retirement. Is so I think that's what everyone else is saying that nobody's questioned Tua's accuracy or talent. He obviously has a lot of talent. He I see the comparison that he is, and that's Drew Brees. Nobody's questioning his talent. That's not why he's falling off draft boards. The reason why he's falling off and not being question number one overall is because of his injury history considering he has five injuries in the last two years and they're all leg related he's a mobile quarterback that posts a question like is he really 100 percent healthy will he ever be 100 percent again here's another question i have is there another quarterback in this draft besides those guys? I mean, you know, well, get Jalen Hurts or something. That's what I was going to say. So you've got Hurts coming from a, a really good Oklahoma football team last year. Then you've got the kid out of uh, Utah State, right? Just Jordan Love. Love. Yeah, Jordan Love. Um, so, I, you know, I think, you know, all the hype is around Burrow and all the hype's around this Herbert guy, who I honestly – this is a wild take for me. I don't think he's – 
I don't want to say this. Yeah, he is. I think he's outside the top three in this quarterback draft. Uh, I haven't, and I say that for a couple of reasons. I say that because Oregon won. Yeah, Oregon wasn't. They were on the national radar, but they weren't to compare to the other. Well, no, I say that because two wins away from the college football playoff. I'm about to say is of the teams who were, you know, of the LSU's and those four teams in the college football playoff last season. Because who were it was Alabama. Just because you can't, just because you can't stay up till one a.m. to watch Pac-12 football does not mean they're not. Nothing to discredit him. He he is good, but yeah, I mean, to, to back to the point, there are I think there are five or six good quarterback options in this draft, especially in the first I'd say, you know, fifteen or sixteen picks of the of the guys that we've mentioned. Do you think that there are any names that are big names that will not go in the top, you know, fifteen or sixteen, even twenty? Well, I want to go back to your previous point before you talk about that. You mentioned that he's out of your top three for quarterbacks in this draft. Who is your top three that does not include yeah. Justin Herbert? Yeah, so my top three would be Burrow. I like Jalen Hurts. And I probably um, – I'd probably throw love and I'd probably throw love over him. Uh, See, this is the problem I have with Jordan Love. I know he has a lot of comparisons with Patrick Mahomes, yep. but compared to every single quarterback in this draft, he had the lowest completion percentage, lowest accuracy percentage in the red zone compared to any other quarterback in Herbert college. Would be, Herbert would be four on my list, um, probably. Um, and a lot of guys, this is, this is what I like about all this stuff. While we're in these times, and most of us are around our phones or our computers, whatever it may be, a lot of us have really taken more time to sit down and think about these decisions. And really as a team and organization, you know, getting ready to pick up one of these guys, I think it's important. I mean, you see, you see all sorts of opinions and all sorts of columns written about each of these guys and you really learn a lot. Um, but, you know, of course we all have our own different opinions at the end of the day. We'll see what happens. Uh, but let's move on past uh, these. Let's move on past the quarterbacks because there's a ton of good receivers and running backs in this deal. Uh, as well. Jerry, what do you have moving past the fifth or sixth uh, pick in the draft? Uh, for the seventh pick, I was going down here, and this is going to be the Carolina Panthers. I have Derek Brown because everybody's associating Derek Brown, uh, the defensive tackle at Auburn. He just fits because Carolina's defense has been struggling a lot. And my eighth pick is uh, Tristan Wirfs from uh, Iowa. He's the offensive tackle. He's pretty solid. Uh, he's been, he's been kind of up and down on some people's boards. Uh, but and they need some blocking now that Kyler Murray has a really good receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So, like, I said DeAndre, but, it, like, he has some now actual chances to give it to a good receiver for once. So you need to give him some more uh, blocking, even though he is a mobile quarterback. So with that, I, those are my next two, and I think those are pretty safe. Uh, those, uh, that's why I went with the least for seven and eight. Yeah, I had the exact same picks as you for seven. I had Derek Brown from – Auburn going to the Panthers and eight. I had Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, the offensive tackle going to Arizona. And for those exact same points, I think getting an offensive line for Colin Murray now that he has DeAndre Hopkins is going to be such a dangerous weapon for Arizona. That was a before Kyle gets in. That was a total steal for for Arizona. I think. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, and, I, and I say and I'm saying this because Kyle's getting ready to you know, give his more take on the, on the draft. And, but I know as a Houston fan 
and I know you say this, and I know you'll continue to say this every single week, that was a really, really dumb mistake uh, from Bill O'Brien. And you've said this multiple times, he should be fired, he should be fired, he should be fired. And I agree, because you don't give up. You've got three good players on the team. You've got Watson, you've got J.J. Watt, and then you've got Hopkins. And there's other guys that have talent, but when you think of that team, those three names come to mind, and I really think that was a silly move. It was. It was. And Bill O'Brien knows nothing about the game of football. I mean, when you talk about the Texans, they got rid of Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins and didn't get a first-round pick for one of them. Yeah, they also, they also are losing losing Laramie Tunsil in free agency and losing DJ Reader in free agency, two guys who were critical to the O-line and the defense. And draft isn't going to cover that. Um, but let's get into my pick. Uh, for, for my seventh spot, I also have Derek Brown. And then I think that Arizona definitely needs a tackle. Um, and I'm going to go with Jedrick Willis out of Alabama. You've got – think of it. you got a guy who's been, you know, helping out that Bama – got the Bama caliber stuff, right? you got your offense tackle. you got Bama caliber. He's been guarding to his bum. Take him, you know? Yeah, he, that's it's not that's it, like Werfs and Willis either are gonna fit that team real well. Yeah, but so. definitely, but definitely, I think keep keep with that you know keep with that idea of having a solid tackle because that's that's a I think I think Werfs is definitely a good pick. I could see him going. Um, I had you know I I had New York potentially getting him because definitely Daniel Jones needs some protection but I think they go with Isaiah Simmons instead. So Werfs would be available for Arizona, but I actually, I actually put Will, I actually put Jedrick Wills higher than Werfs because he's been working with Tua and he's been working in a high class offense for four years now. And while, yeah, Iowa is a pretty dang good team. They ain't no Bama, you know? So, that may be true. They aren't no Bama. And yes, Alabama's in the SEC. But think about this comparison. Tristan Wirfs had to go up against Chase Young when it comes to blocking. That's true. You are right. Um, and I, I'll, I'll give that one to you. But I would argue as well that, you know, Jedrick Willis is going to have to go up against, you know, guys like, you know, Jordan Elliott, Javon Kinlaw, guys who, you know, are serious contenders, and I mean, this is just a, a a true fact. The majority of SEC defenses are better than the majority of Big Ten defenses. Stepping outside the top ten for a little bit, um, let's look at. Uh, you guys all give tenth picks, or do we not get to ten? No, no, we're on nine. Let's get to okay. So let's go. To, let's go ten through fifteen. I'll start with Jerry. I just want to kind of hear. And we'll kind of round it out about the 15th or 16th mark before we head to break. Okay. So I got my ninth pick is CJ Henderson. I'm going to go real fast and we can make comments. Uh, tens and me, Mickey Becton for Cleveland. Nice scroll down here real quick. Ah, good thing I wrote this down too. Um, for the Jets, I could, uh, I can have now Jerry Willis Jr. Um, 12 for the Las Vegas Raiders. We have uh, Henry Ruggs. San Fran takes Jerry Judy. Tampa Bay takes Andrew Thomas. And then uh, the Denver Broncos take CeeDee Lamb. So those are my 10 through 15. All right. All right. My 10 through 15. Uh, number 10, I've got, um, I've got 
this one uh, is where I see uh, Tristan Wirfs going to the to the Browns. Um, number eleven, I've got uh, Ceedee Lamb. Twelve, I've got Jerry Judy. Uh, Thirteen to the Niners, I've got uh, Harry Ru- Henry Ruggs. Uh, Fourteen uh, to the Bucks, I've got Andrew Thomas. And then 15 to DeBroncos, I have got Javon Kinlaw. Very interesting picks. So I'm going to read off my 10 to 15. 10 from the Browns, I have Mecky Bockton. At 11, I have Andrew Thomas. From 12, I have Henry Ruggs going to the Raiders. The 49ers at 13, I have Jerry Judy. 14 with the Buccaneers, I have Jedrick Willis. And 15 for the Broncos, I have C.J. Henderson. So you've got okay. Ruggs over Judy. So, and a lot of those names are kind of, you know, in that, in that five-player stretch just in different positions. I, I will tell you this, our very own Keegan Hartman would be super happy if uh, Jerry's uh, draft went that way because I can tell you that that would be a really big pickup uh, for Denver uh, with Lamb. Um, but, yeah, those are all, those are all solid options. Um, it's going to be a – it'll be a fun draft. It'll be a fun draft for a lot of reasons. A, because it will not be a person. B, because I think that there are a ton of good names that could go on a ton of different positions. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, one guy's going to go from 1 to 15. No, I mean like 1, 2, 3. I mean there's three different slots that a lot of these players could go in. Um, it'll be fun uh, to see. And we have a lot of new stuff going on with the NFL next season. You know, Las Vegas is going to have their first NFL team. That's huge. Um, like we've said, logos have changed. Um, what I wanted to get your intake on is you've got the Los Angeles, and this is this is off draft stuff. You have the Los Angeles Chargers out in LA. Do you think that if they were to move back to San Diego, their fan base would be stronger and more supportive, or do you think it'll it'll build and get stronger and more, you know, whatever you want to call it? in L.A. over the next couple of seasons? So, at least from my perspective, it's a lose-lose for the Chargers no matter what because you're in a either in a very saturated market with other L.A. teams like the Rams, like the 49ers, so to speak. And then San Diego is not a big market, so you don't have as much of a fan base as L.A. So you're either – not in a big fan base back to San, back to San Diego compared to LA or you're in a overly saturated LA market. Yeah, I think I think moving back to San Diego at this point for the Chargers is not the best move. Um I know that there was talks of them building a stadium out in Inglewood um and I think that might be a solution to the oversaturation. What they need is their own stadium. Um, playing in the Rams stadium is just not the play. Um, but I, I mean, moving, I don't think moving to Inglewood's the play either. I think what they need to do, um, and they won't, um, because they're not smart and it's just not going to happen. The chargers need to make a move to St. Louis because while we lost, while we lost the XFL this week and RIP to the XFL, had a good run, uh, just filed for bankruptcy today. Um, while we lost the XFL this week, their five weeks proved something very that was very clear to anyone in Missouri, and that is that St. Louis can and should 
house a football team at the Edward Jones Dome. Um, I think that was that was made very clear when they sold out the dome for you know Battlehawks games for five weeks. So I don't think they will because they're not smart. But if the Chargers really want a fan base, if they really want to revitalize the brand, really make something of it, go to go to St. Louis, man. I mean, that's that that would be what I'd do if I was if I was the Chargers. I didn't expect that, and I like it a lot. <laughs> I really didn't expect that, but I uh, yeah. The thing about the Chargers is they just never like Cal said they're not smart, so I don't expect them to make a good draft pick. Even if it's Justin Herbert, who we kind of like had some problems about and talked about like that, I don't expect them to make the right moves in the free agency. I don't expect them to do the right thing. So if they were to do, they have to start by just making one or two smart moves at a time before we even talk about the Chargers moving back and forth and building a fan base. Cause you don't build a fan base with six and 10 or five and 11, especially in a state where you have good football teams. One of those teams in the same state was in the Super Bowl. So you yeah, can't go from subpar to that. I agree. So two points to that. So first question, we'll go around the table. Why do, two of you think this? I don't know about Cole, but I know two of you think this. Why do you guys think that St. Louis is such a great football market? Because they had the Battle Hawks and they were successful before they went underwater. They had the Rams, who weren't really awful, towards the back half of their organization. They were, and then they slowly rose up again. Why do you guys think? Why is St. Louis a great football market? I think it's just because the St. Louis Rams weren't there that long ago. And when you talk about Missouri football, of course, you think of the Chiefs, and of course, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, and that's a huge market. You get a lot of Missouri fans from the Chiefs. But when you talk about this, St. Louis and Kansas City are on opposite ends of the Missouri State. And what the Battle Hawks did was they gave a team, they gave a fan base for a city that didn't have a football team and had to convert fans like nearly four hours away. I, so here's my deal. I think St. Louis is a great sports city in general. I think they should have a team in every one of the major sports, and they are basically there at this point. They have the Blues, and obviously we know what the Blues did, you know, all, you know, all of a year ago. They've got the cards, and, you know, those those guys are perpetual winners, right? They're getting an MLS team in the next couple years, right? All they really need to do to complete the sporting trifecta is an NBA team, which they'll never get, because the NBA, I think, is done expanding for the most part, um, outside of hopefully Seattle um and then you know football and had football with the Rams for a while and the Rams messed them over because Stan Kroenke stinks um so what I see is a team that I see a city that's hungry for football we saw that with the Battlehawks a team that doesn't want Missouri the state to be defined by the Chiefs because one thing St. Louis people hate is when Kansas City's got it all, See, you know? And this is the thing, as a loyal Chiefs fan, I will be until the day I'm buried, but I think the, the and I love that. I love the competitive competitiveness about the state because a lot of states you do have that and some states you don't have that. Chicago is one of those states where you don't really have that. You don't really have 
two cities. You've got Chicago and all the competition in there. You've got the Cubs. You've got the Bears, who have really been atrocious for the last couple of seasons. But I think that they're going to – they might turn it around. I think that's what makes Missouri so, so good with sports is it's very competitive. And this is what's really funny. As a Chiefs fan, you had so many people who bandwagoned as a Rams fan to become a Kansas City Chiefs fan only because they were in the Super Bowl. I don't think that would have happened other than that. Because I'll tell you this, if you're a Chiefs fan and you've been a Chiefs fan all your life, that's all you will ever be. And that's just the way it is. That's the way I see it as a Chiefs fan. But I think so many people who were not Chiefs fans and they were Niners fans for that that being, got so upset because a lot of the people bandwagon, and not just St. Louis, but all the other markets in the country that had teams, because Kansas City really hadn't done a whole lot at the championship level, as far as Super Bowl-wise, for a long time. And I think that was cool to see. But I wanted to get – I want to hear what Jerry has to say about this real quick. Uh, I think Jerry might have, might have clocked out. <laughs> Jerry, did we lose you? I, th- I think we may have lost Jerry. <laughs> okay, well, that is, that is unfortunate. We do, we will. <laughs> we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, we will move on. When he cuts back in, we'll have him. <laughs> We're getting a staring face right now. But anyway, moving on, you know, I just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it'll be interesting. But the other thing I was going to say is about the Raiders is, look, at they go to a stadium <laughs> playing with the A's to Las Vegas. So they have a brand-new stadium, and I know that's something, Kyle, you brought up about the Chargers and if it would benefit them. So you guys see that? I mean, I think that's a, that's a win-win situation for, Las Ve- for the Raiders because they're going out of a baseball stadium that was really a sad place to watch a game to Las Vegas, which is a much better market. Oh, the Raiders are definitely the, – the Raiders are definitely go- going back. And Jerry's back. Yeah. Did Sorry. we get you- we got for a second we were just looking at a frozen face. Yeah, no, I uh, lagged out there, but I'm back. Can't no, you were good. The, the last point I made, and Kyle kind of commented on it, was you know how he made the stadium reference of how you know if San Diego were or if LA were to move back to San Diego with the stadium deal, and I think that Oakland got a really the Raiders got a really good situation because they moved to Las Vegas and they now have their own stadium. They're not playing where the A's used to play, which is a a mural dump. Um, and so I think it's beneficial for both teams. Any final thoughts on NFL, anything that we've talked about before we head to, uh, to head to break? My only thought before hopefully I don't lag out again is uh, St. Louis is just a very loyal city to their teams. Like people who are Cardinals fans are Cardinals fans. They hate the Cubs, which I love as a White Sox fan, but also they're just loyal to their teams. And same thing with the Blues. So when it comes to like bringing a football team to it, they're loyal to those teams, and they'd be loyal to another of a football team, if it, even if it is the Chargers. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. And one, one last thing, when we're talking about this St. Louis Kansas City deal, it reminds me so much of the Texas. Of, of, you know, in Texas, we have Houston versus Dallas. I mean, that's just that's just the deal right there. And people from Houston hate people from Dallas, and people from Dallas hate people from Houston, and that's just the way it is. Um, and I, I get a very similar sentiment with Kansas City and St. Louis. Um, and so I think you put a football team in St. Louis, that becomes fun. You know, that, that, that rivalry reignites. I mean, you got Royals-Cardinals is already a good rivalry in baseball. 
when St. Louis gets their soccer team, Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis FC is going to be really fun. Give them a darn football team, and I want to see that. Yeah. All righty, after the break, we are going to spend our last 10 minutes of triple threat on a Monday here uh, as we come to you from different parts of the country, pretty similar places, though. Um, we are going to give our favorite moment in sports. I know it's kind of hard to come up with with no sports uh, really being played right now, but I'm sure all four of us have something valuable that we have either seen, watched, or heard uh, in the last really 14 days, seven days for that matter. So you're listening to Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickland and Dryer Law from here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, part of KCOU Sports. We will be right back for our favorite moments in sports. Looking for your weekly supply of Mizzou athletics plus what's going on around the world of sports? Catch Triple Threat featuring Kyle Jones, Cole Tusing, and Chance Ticklin every Monday from 1 to 2 o'clock p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia or online at kcou.fm. And if you ever miss a show, check us out on Spotify or anywhere else you stream your sports content. That's Triple Threat on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. You didn't plan this. It wasn't your fault. Someone else made a mistake, but now you're the one paying for it, and your life is forever changed. The attorneys of Sticklin and Dreyer can help. Whether it was a car, a trucking accident, a dog bite, a fall, their attorneys will not rest until you've been made whole. When sorry just doesn't cut it, call the attorneys of Sticklin and Dreyer today and check out their cases at comoinjurylaw.com. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Welcome back to Triple Threat. Brought to you by Stickland Dry Law Firm, Kyle Jones, Chance Stickland, Cole Tissing, and Jerry Hopkins. Back for one last segment, our favorite moment in sports over the last couple weeks, days, however you want to put it. Chance, I'm going to start with you. I want to hear your favorite moment that you've seen in the past couple of days so this is actually a couple years ago but while it's still fresh in our mind Kobe Bryant saddened of the death of him but four years ago Kobe did what only Kobe can do and dropped 60 in his final game it came against the Utah Jazz I believe and let's see the victory if I've got this right it was a ram I think it was 101 to 96 is what yep. I've got ESPN reporting it at. Um, but, yeah, incredible. Uh, again, you know, we talk about him a lot, and, you know, and rightfully so. Amazing career. And what he did for not only the Lakers, but what he, is as a fa- what he was as a father and his impact not only on basketball, but across the entire platform of any sports – and if you're an athlete, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a celebrity, you know what I'm talking about. And for the average household, fans like us who are doing, you know, podcasts and TV and just different things like that, he touched the lives of so many. All right, Jerry, your favorite moment in sports uh, in the past couple of days, weeks, however long you want to put it. It is the fact they're moving that last dance 10-part 90s Bulls documentary to next week. Oh yeah! Here next week, I've been waiting for it. It's perfect timing because I'm stuck at home. Um, as a Bulls fan, now that we've also moved our GM, and now we're starting to finally make moves, it's the perfect time for all of this. Um, I'm waiting to sit and watch it 
400 times to be able to quote it. And then, Cole, what is your favorite moment that you've seen recently? I mean, Jerry, that was a great lead-up to my favorite moment in sports. The Bulls finally making a right move, getting rid of the GM, moving on, bringing a guy who is smart and seems to have the common sense as to how to run a basketball franchise. Now just hoping that Bullen is gone next and the team can win a championship in this next decade. And then my favorite moment that I saw over the past couple days, weeks, however you want to put it, um, I've been binge-watching Tiger King. I, I finished it. Uh, Rachel and I just finished binge-watching Tiger King a couple days ago. Um, and, and to make it tangentially linked to sports, Shaq makes an unintended cameo. Um, so so I, I got a good laugh uh, because you're, you're watching this documentary about people who raise tigers and are absolutely back crud insane. And out of nowhere, it's Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I took a lot of pleasure watching um, – watching tiger king because it's super just crazy interesting insane um and you know in in walks shaquille o'neal in one scene so that was that was kind of interesting and sport related so i said i'd make it work and i made it work uh so there we are um well, that's just about it for Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickland and Dry Law Firm. Jerry, thank you for coming and joining us. Is there any podcast writing thing you, you might want to advertise to our viewers that you're involved in that we can help promote for you? Of course, it's the Rebuildables podcast. Uh, I'm glad to say I've just reached 250 downloads, uh, episode downloads for that. So I'm going to be posting episodes like I was earlier. Still going strong. Uh, you guys are always invited to come on too. Uh, just to extend that olive branch. But um, we're posting every Wednesday like normal and always want to promote that. It's, been, it's a pleasure to make. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and this just goes for Triple Thread and the Rebuildables. But throughout this pandemic, I know uh, several uh, KSOU sports shows are, are doing podcasts, um, different times, of course, different days. Uh, but make sure to check all those out as most of our shows are on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you really – you download your, your sports streaming. Um, as one last time, we're going to sign off here on this Monday. We will be back next Monday. Um, we'll have the same time. Kyle, access to, Kyle wants to get one more special point in before we wrap this one up. Chance, I, I know you, you always are curious about cricket facts and yes. me trying to get them in. I figured I'd find one cricket thing for the show before we signed off. Yesterday, yesterday uh, was the, I believe if I'm doing my math right, fifth, no, 16-year anniversary of uh of uh brian charles lara who is a very famous cricketer um scored a 400 runs for the west indies against england wow. that is outstanding so there's your there's your cricket thing for the show you, you always come in for me i love it every single week but hey again we're gonna wrap up triple threat this is our second week of going remotely 
And I uh, hope all of our listeners have appreciated our content. Thanks again for Jerry Hopkins calling in from the Chicago area. Same crew, same team. We'll be back next Monday, um, 1 to 2 o'clock p.m. here via Zoom. We will have our show up today on our Spotify page coming up here in a little bit. So go make sure to give it a listen. We appreciate all of our support through the pandemic. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. And until next time, for Kyle Jones, Cole Tusing, I'm Chance Thicklin signing off. We will see you next week. Have a great and safe, healthy week.